Hello, my pod peoples. This is Historical AF, and I hope you're ready for a ride because we're celebrating our birthdays. I am, yes, I am Natalie. And I am Kina. We are a historian and a librarian bringing you the funny, weird, spooky, and morbid historical nuggets you never knew you needed in your ear holes. And right now we are old as fuck because we, this is our birthday week. (laughs) It is. And Keena and I, we are twinsies that are four days apart, few few years apart, but that is fine <laughs> because we're twins. It's true. And you love us. This is episode 33, and 33 is actually one of my favorite numbers. It's one of my basketball number, and it was my grandpa's basketball number, and his brother's number, and someone else's number. It's actually a family number. Oh, man. So it is my birthday, and we're on my favorite number of episodes, so this is a good day today. Yeah. Be happy that you're here because we're celebrating you, our birthdays. Can you mail us cake? We have a P.O. box. You should mail us cake. <laughs> Just kidding. My favorite chocolate. Oh, <laughs> red velvet. Oh, yay. I'm officially mid-30s this birthday. Yeah, and I'm officially late 20s, but my mom and I, her birthday is December 1st. Mine's December 2nd. And so I like that we always share. That's, that is our birthday tradition. Is that we always celebrate together. Oh, that's sweet. Usually we go to the casino. As you can tell the trend. <laughs> <laughs> we, either, we would just hang out watching movies and cook for each other. Or we go to the casino. Or both. That's always something along those lines. Anyways, it's... I lost my train of thought. It's gone. Birthdays! <laughs> <laughs> Birthdays! I think the only tradition we had was that... My mom, God bless her. I know when I was a kid, I used to be all irritated because we couldn't decorate for Christmas until after my birthday. But as I've gotten older, I realized that was her attempt to try to, like, make my birthday yeah. special and the yep. whole birthmas thing. So thanks, mom. I get it now. But when I was little, I was like, oh, I just want a tree. Uh. I don't even have a Christmas tree. Yeah, but I do <laughs> I do call it birthmas, though, because people mm-hmm. do. December babies, they lump us in. It's true. My sister Eliza is also a December baby. So are a lot of my friends. Monica, shout out. My friend Shauna, who's pretty much like a sister. She's uh, the ninth. So she's she's right up there with us for early December. But Monica, God bless her. Her birthday is Christmas Eve. <laughs> so if you think we've been in, like ignored. I know. I have a friend that's on Christmas. My friend Natasha, she's on Christmas. So I tell her, I tell her first thing in the morning, I say happy birthday. And then I wait four hours later and I will say Merry Christmas. Oh, that's sweet. That's very sweet. Because I'm like, you come first. (laughs) (laughs) I always try to Baby Jesus can step aside. (laughs) Yeah, Monica is a historian too. She's getting her doctorate. And uh, her struggle is why I don't think I ever want a doctorate. Just, holy shit that dissertation <laughs> like, oh my god it's hard I, I have so much more respect I like having like a birth twin we're kind of twins yeah we're close enough yeah. I remember what I was going to say is that we weren't uh, even though I'm now officially in my late 20s we decided my mom's in her early 60s she's like we will always be early and mid but we'll never be late <laughs> So we're always either early or on time, but we're never late. So I will always just round it down. We're just going to round down to the mid-20s. And we're going to stay about there for about the next 30 years. That's what I've kind of decided. I I don't know. I feel like the 30s are really where it's at. That's what I hear. 
The 20s is like, you don't have any money. You don't know what the fuck you're doing with your life. You're still trying to figure out who you are. You know, yes. your brain's not even like fully developed till you're like 25. So exactly. 30s, everything's pretty stable and you can like, you, ha- you know who your real friends are. You're usually forming like real relationships that like are lasting, not those fuckboy stuff. And it's just, <laughs> it's uh. <laughs> It's a good time. I enjoy my 30s. I feel like I know who I am and I'm unapologetically me now. And I was not that in my 20s. But you also just get tired. Like you're more tired now. So you just don't have time for that shit. You're too tired to pretend to be anything other than you are. So it's. I feel like I'm that now in my 20s. Because (laughs) I think that's because I. One being an only child has been a case because. My mom treated me always older. I always acted older, and my mom treated me older than I was. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I have my kid moments. I'm a kid at heart. That's that's <laughs> true. My brain is 45. <laughs> and also, all my friends are about 30 and older. Okay, uh, for yeah. for several years year for several years now. <laughs> I'm drunk. Works <laughs> For several years now, probably since I was 20, 21, most of my friends, because that's when I moved to Little Rock, actually. Most of my friends were in their late 20s, 30s, late 30s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. after all, my friend Marilyn, you know, she's 67 oh, now. I and I love Marilyn. Marilyn. I love her so much. She's probably one of the most fun humans I know. Mm-hmm. She's the most energetic, just I know, She makes me people. tired. Yeah. I'm like, I, in your 60s and you're doing all this. And there's she's, not a yeah. single person she's met that is not a friend. I've been on an airplane before with her. We were flying to a librarian conference. And by the end of the airplane, she had befriended literally everybody. She's a star wherever she goes. It was amazing. All right. Do we want to roll to see who goes first this week? Sure. Sounds good. Uh, oh, random. That is not that me. me. I was like, hopefully I'll remember what is mine. <laughs> <laughs> I spent most of my day today trying to cut mine back so it wouldn't be an hour long. So you're welcome. I appreciate that. Oh, it was so long. I picked impossibly long topics. Mine had the potential of being that, but I, I too dialed it down just to, <laughs> just so y'all know we're here. It's already late. It's almost 10 o'clock at night during the week. <laughs> yeah. We do this for you. Yes. Love us. Love us. My random is traditions around the world for your birthdays. Because because it's a birthday. We're going to celebrate all we want. Granted, I celebrate, like, I'm celebrating probably Thanksgiving is when I start celebrating. And I don't end (laughs) until New Year's. I'm like, it's December 31st. It's my birthday. We're celebrating. Okay. So, for random... Leanne gave us the word genius, and that is super awesome because I found this article that says the smartest people are born during this month, apparently. Oh, fuck yeah. That's us, right? No. Oh. Sadly. (laughs) But but it did not say the dumb people were born during December, so (laughs) that's a plus, I guess. Okay. So, getting a good night's sleep makes you smarter. Well, apparently, yeah, that works. But could the month when you're born work as well? Let's see. Not. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's okay. That's why we do podcasts. We're not making shit. <laughs> We're not engineers or chemists or whatnot. We can Google, though. We can Google. I am mad with those keys. <laughs> okay, so according to a study published in the National Bureau of Economic Research, there is a clear correlation between when your birthday falls and how smart you are. And I think some of this is justified because it deals on how old you are when you start school. Oh, okay. And that month is September. Oh, God damn it. Yep. We're close, but no cigar. <laughs> so that's because when you come to age for kindergarten, if your birthday's in September and later, you know, you have another nine months to be more mature and more ready for school. Yeah. So so statistically, those born in September actually have higher test scores because they're a little bit older, a little bit more mature. Those born in August, which means they started a year early because of that age cutoff, actually usually have the lowest scores because they started too early. Hmm. Not They didn't start too early, but that's just kind of the numbers the, statistically. Yeah. However, it's all <laughs> it's not all bad news if you're born later in the academic year because children eventually catch up to their older compartments. So it's all good. It's fine. It's funny. This is the last sentence of this article. And it says the study also found that those born in the ninth month of the year are less likely to go to prison. Interesting. Oh. I'm like, that's, that's exactly what it says. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I think my best friend in school. Like elementary, high school, she was born in September. But some other random things for you, and that is what other people celebrate. Like, and Canada, <laughs> they use they do nose grease, which is basically a person, a group of people will ambush you on your birthday and rub butter on your nose. Oh my! <laughs> and apparently, as you get older, it gets worse. Oh no. <laughs> It's like almost more torture than for fun. (laughs) In China, they have long noodles for longevity. The Chinese birthday tradition maintains that one should symbolize their longevity by eating a plate of long noodles, slurping them, and as far as possible before biting. I'm down for some eating. I always like food. (laughs) In Germany, sweeping the streets of City Hall, when single men in Germany turn 30 an old tradition is for them to sweep the steps of their local city hall as their friends toss rubble onto them (laughs) (laughs) the ordeal meant to embarrass is supposed to carry on until the birthday boy is able to plant one on a passing woman (laughs) also as this author personally found of course this is the article recently you buy the drinks for your friends on your birthday, unlike in the States where it's the other way around. Oh. My friends would be very disappointed because I can't afford drinks for y'all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. In Ireland, it's hit the deck. Think the Irish had a few when coming up with this one. Tradition maintains that a child is held upside down and is bumped <gasps> on the floor for every year that they are born. Yep. I mean, it's a little love taps, I guess, but still. I mean, my dad used to hang me upside down by my foot and think it was funny. So My mom does, too. There's a picture of me, and I'm, like, mid-swing and look like a wild animal. Me, too. But I'm, like, laughing hysterically. 
Yeah, I thought it was funny, too, as a kid. Yeah. Mom's like, it looks like I'm torturing you, but you liked it. <laughs> true. Maybe you made it smarter. Maybe hanging upside down by your foot makes you smarter. As long as you're not banging it on the floor. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Jamaica, modern day antiquing. Just like that one friend you had in college, Jamaican think dousing their friends with flour is fun. <laughs> Regardless of age, tradition calls for the birthday boy or girl to be antiqued or coated with flour. Oh. By friends and family. So it's either they have like a birthday party and like blow out the candles and you're covered in flour. Or it's an ambush where you're just innocently walking along the alley. You're covered in flour. When you said antiquing, I thought, like, antique stores. That's what I thought, too, at first. But, haha, I caught you. <laughs> you did. You got me. Mexico, the birthday piñata. Ooh, that sounds fun. The birthday piñata filled with candy. Then grab a blindfold and a broomstick and let the celebration begin. And, of course, that is, like, so common that we know about hitting the piñata with, yeah. with the stick. And just be careful not to hit your friends because that happens. And then you'll be on America's Funniest Home Videos. Pretty much. But you'll get to meet Carlton, so it's okay. <laughs> Lastly, we have Vietnam, and that is Happy New Year. Everyone celebrates their birthday on New Year's Day in Vietnam, a day oh. they refer to as Tet, T-E-T. Mm-hmm. Vietnamese tradition is that the actual day of birth is not to be acknowledged. Rather, people become a year older every year at Tet. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. Just like a yeah. big old party for everybody? Basically. I feel half and half. Like, that's pretty cool. But then you like, I like having my day. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Although I have like two other friends. Like, I have a friend. She's my god sister. And then my uncle also had my birthday. So I guess I have to share it. But I, I, mean, I like whatever. sharing it with my mom. It's one thing you share it with a friend and then a couple of people, but mm-hmm. to have no, like you just share it with everybody. Everyone just has a big party on sure. New Year's. But sure. anyway, that's going to be a fucking awesome party, though. <laughs> that would be. Like, It'd be like a New out. Year's party. Yeah, it'd be like yeah. a wild New Year of year and New Year of life and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So those are seven birthday traditions from other countries. Oh, man. All right. So I have spooky, historical, and morbid. What do you want? Uh, let's do historical. Okay. I like this one. So I am born on December 6th, and that is also St. Nicholas Day. So I guess if you have to share your birthday with a saint, the one that's attributed to Santa is probably not the worst you could do. Hmm. Maybe it's why I'm known for being so jolly. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Who is St. Nicholas? And a lot of this came from National Geographic because they had a really good write-up on this whole topic. The original saint was a Greek, actually, born in the late 3rd century, around 280 BCE. He became the Bishop of Mira, a small Roman town in modern Turkey, and developed a reputation for being fiery, wiry, and defiant. <laughs> My kind of dude. He was also a huge uh, defender of the church doctrine during the Great Persecution in 303 BC, which was a big no-no. 
This was during the time where the Bibles were being burned. Priests were given a choice of either you renounce Christianity or we're going to execute you. So uh, St. Nicholas basically said, fuck you. to all these laws. And then he spent uh, a lot of years in prison before Roman Emperor Constantine ended the Christian persecution in 313 with the Edict of Milan, which is Constantine was like persecuting Christians left and right until he was on his deathbed. And he's like, oh, fuck, what if they're right? And then he became Christian. <laughs> just <laughs> in case. Yeah, just in case. It's kind of like in The Mummy where the guy's like dying and he starts doing every prayer from every religion to like cover all his bases. That's how I feel like Constantine was. But uh, we'll do that on a different episode. So St. Nicholas died on December 6th. Uh, around 343 BCE, but his fame lived long after because he was associated with many miracles and the Catholics love a good miracle. I mean, can you blame him? Honestly, the admiration (laughs) for him continues to this day, not even counting the Christmas connection because he's known as a protector for a lot of different people, ranging from orphans to sailors to prisoners. He's got a large range of people he's the patron saint of which is why he rose to such prominence because he represents so many groups the university of manitoba historian gary bowler who i'm gonna quote a lot in this is the author of santa claus a biography he says that around 1200 bce he became known as a patron of children and the magical gift bringer because of two great stories of his life the first one is that three young girls were saved from a life of prostitution when the then young Bishop Nicholas secretly delivered three bags of gold to their indebted father, which he used as their dowries. So we got the kid thing, we got the toy thing, and now we got the bag thing. Okay. Bag of gold. So Checking our list. Like checking that. the check, list check, of check. all the Santa things. The second story is uh, not as well known, but is enormously well known in the Middle Ages. Nicholas entered an inn whose keeper had just murdered three boys and pickled their dismembered bodies in basement barrels. This escalated so fucking quickly. Yes. The bishop resurrected the victims. That's one of the things that made him a patron saint of children. That he resurrected these kids. So, uh, and just in case you didn't know, murder was an integral part of Christmas. Now you do. Because <laughs> <laughs> how do anything begin? Murder. That's how Murder. <laughs> From 1200 to 1500 BC, St. Nicholas was unchallenged as the bringer of gifts and the toast of all celebrations sent around his feast day, which was December 6th on the day that he died. The strict saint took on some aspects of earlier European deities like the Roman Saturn and the Norse god Odin. So also his looks. Okay. Because they were all like white bearded men and they all had magical powers of flight. So now we got the flying. Okay. We're checking them all off. Mm -hmm. He also ensured that kids towed the line by saying their prayers and practiced good behavior. So now we got the naughty list. (laughs) But after the Protestant Reformation in the 1500s, saints like Nicholas fell out of favor across most of Northern Europe. And this is where it gets really cool, because Protestants are like, okay, we need to throw this Catholic shit out. We can't have saints. But they're like, uh, I like this idea of like this gift-giving dude that keeps kids in line. So this is where everything starts kind of merging, because they were like, I don't really want to give that one up. 
They're going to give all the other saints up. But this one, they're like, eh, we need to keep around. So the historian that I mentioned before, Bowler, said that in many cases, the job of the gift giving came to Jesus. But he was a baby. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, the date was moved to Christmas rather than December 6th. But the infant's carrying capacity is very limited because he's a baby. And he's not very scary either. So he's not really going to scare kids into being good. So the Christ child was often given a scary helper to do the lugging of the presents and threatening the kids. That doesn't seem, you know, appropriate from baby Jesus. So instead of St. Nicholas, now we got all the scary helpers. So my favorite (laughs) are the Germanic ones. (laughs) So they have the threatening sidekicks like Ruklas, which is rough Nicholas, Ashklas, which is ashy Nicholas, and Peltznickel, which is furry Nicholas, And these figures expected good behavior or forced children to suffer consequences like whippings or kidnappings. This is their Christmas bouncers. That is so crazy. It's amazing. I love German Christmas. They just fuck your shit up. Similar to the Jolly Man in Red, these colorful characters would later figure into the development of Santa himself. So all these fucked up German things are the Santa we know today. They take little bits. And then you get Krampus. He was created as a counterpart to St. Nicholas. And so St. Nicholas would be like, I'm going to reward you with sweets. And then Krampus is like, fuck you. I'm going to whip you and put you in a sack and kidnap you to my lair. So very opposite sides. Yay, Germany. (laughs) (laughs) But Krampus deserves his own segment. So I'm going to leave him alone and move on. Yeah. (laughs) He is a wild ride. All right. So in the Netherlands, kids and families simply refused to give up St. Nicholas. As the gift bringer, they brought Sinterklaas with them to the New World colonies, where the legends of a shaggy and scary Germanic gift bringer endured. But in early America, Christmas wasn't like the modern holiday. The holiday was kind of shunned in New England, and elsewhere it became a bit of a pagan Saturnalia that once occupied a place on the calendar. Quote, it was celebrated as a kind of outdoor, alcohol-fueled, rowdy community blowout, Bowler said. And that's what it became in England as well, which sounds like a good fucking time to me. Yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah. So she, or he also said there was no particular magical gift bringer during this time. They took all the partying. I'm cool with that. Then in the early decades of the 19th century, all that changed thanks to a series of poets and writers who strove to make Christmas a family celebration by reviving and remaking St. Nicholas, which... I'm going to add some articles to our webpage when this comes out of all the books it's talking about. It's talking about like the night before Christmas and Mm -hmm. just all kinds of cool shit. That's kind of reformatting Christmas to what we know today. (laughs) Um, It wasn't until the late 19th century that the image of Santa became standardized as this full-size adult dressed in red with white fur trim venturing out from the North Pole and reindeer driven sleigh and keeping an eye on children's behavior. The jolly, chubby, grandfatherly face of Santa was largely created by Thomas Nast, the great political cartoonist in the era that featured many. And Bowler added, and in what I think are rather indecent long johns. So this early idea of the Santa that we know, he was wearing kind of like underwear. (laughs) (laughs) I will also post pictures. Once firmly established, North America's Santa then underwent a kind of reverse migration to Europe. And it replaced the scary gift-giving bringers with adoption of local names like Pierre Noel in France or Father Christmas in Great Britain. 
I quote, what he's done is pretty much tame these grim fairy tale like creatures of the late medieval days, Buller said. Images of St. Nicholas are obviously all over the place, but none of them look like the red cheek, white bearded old man we see everywhere now. Because spoiler alert, Santa that we know today was created by Coca-Cola in 1931. <laughs> Surprisingly, after they took the cocaine out, out of Coke, because I Googled it and they took the cocaine out in 1929. Did they also create polar bears? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> we got this like friendly Santa in the suit because before that he was like an underwear. So they created the more uh, friendly advertisement type Santa and then he kind of stuck. But anyway, this isn't related to my story, but I found it cool as hell. So modern forensic facial reconstructions has been done on St. Nicholas to find out what he actually looked like. First of all, there was kind of a debate on where the remains of St. Nicholas are actually, but most of the people kind of agree that they think his bones were stolen by Italian sailors during the 11th century and taken to a crypt of the Basilica di San Nicola on the southeast coast of Italy. When the crypt was repaired in the 1950s, the saint's skull and bones were documented with x-ray photos and thousands of detailed measurements. So then Caroline Wilkinson, a facial anthropologist at the University of Manchester in England, used all this data and then modern software simulations to create a modern reconstruction of old Nick. Much of her work, obviously, is subject to interpretation because without photos, you don't know what you're doing. But she's kind of estimated the size and shape of his facial muscles. And then she also said because he was Greek, he would have olive-toned skin. And then she created this image of St. Nicholas that I'm going to send to you now. Boom. She also added, you know, gray hair because he died in his 60s. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's what they think St. Nicholas looked like. She said, we're bound to have lost some of the level of detail you would get by working from photographs, but we believe this is the closest we're ever going to get to St. Santa Claus. And then they talk about this in a feature film of the project entitled The Real Face of Santa, which you can find. I believe it. I think it looks pretty interesting. Yeah, I think he. I think it looks really cool. But yeah, he's a real person. Real big fucking deal. So anyway, St. Nicholas Day. So back to my birthday. Woo! <laughs> so some St. Nicholas traditions around the world. A lot of European cities still have parades and celebrations in honor of St. Nicholas. Uh, one of my favorites is a daboot. <laughs> On the eve of St. Nicholas Day, children leave a shoe or a boot in front of the fireplace or in front of their door, hoping to wake up with it filled with gifts from St. Nicholas. Not unlike the idea of Santa Claus of leaving coal for naughty children, St. Nicholas might leave a stick for misbehaving children. <laughs> there are variations of the tradition across different countries, ranging from a bag of salt to a switch for parents to use for discipline. So the stick is for your parents to beat you with. I love that. It's just funny to me. Man, that sounds so cheerful. <laughs> it does. Like my sister's grandparents are German, like from Germany. So she had a lot of St. Nicholas Day stuff. She always talked about the shoe and they'd put stuff in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Today, most children receive gifts from St. Nicholas despite their record of behavior. Anything from hot chocolate to mandarin oranges to personalized notes, candy, and coins can be shared with family and friends. 
The St. Nicholas Feast Day. In some countries, the eve of the holiday is more important than the actual day. Think of it as Christmas Day. Often families hold their gatherings and exchange presents on Christmas Eve and spend Christmas Day in church or quietly celebrating with immediate family. Likewise, St. Nicholas Eve is celebrated with gift giving and a big feast shared by family called Sinterklaasvang or Sinterklaas Evening in the Netherlands. <laughs> so what's on the menu? A traditional table might have bishop's wine, bread, St. Nicholas-shaped cookies, and a special main dish reserved for the holiday. In France, they have pork with mustard and apples. And in Germany, you might enjoy Flunkschen. Oh, Jesus. Flunkschen. Oh, my God. Bless you. P-F-A-N-N-K-U-C-H. We we put it in the message. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Function. 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 Digging a hole here. Function. I can pronounce some German, but this one's got me. I'm really curious to what it actually looks like. Function. <laughs> German pancakes. That's what it is. The only the only German I ever kind of knew was just from the uh, singing in choir. <laughs> but it does not mean I pronounced it correctly. And that yeah. was several years ago. Jesus Christ. Right? Function. It looks like function to me, but that's not right. Function. I need to Google it later. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's something about... Along that line, though, I would think. Yeah. I just can't tell if they would do more of the P or the F sound. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Anyway, it just means German pancake. It's a lot of, a lot of hoopla for that. Anyway, around the world, there's also traditional St. Nicholas pizzas, soups, and pastries. So, that's fun. And then my favorite <laughs> little tidbit here is that in Italy, they have gifts for unmarried women. <laughs> <laughs> of course they do. In Italy, children aren't the only ones receiving gifts on St. Nicholas Day. Unmarried women make the list, too. Across Italy, unmarried women might attend a special mass on St. Nicholas Day to participate in the Rito del Nubli, a ritual where they turn a column seven times to help change their luck in finding a man. Because, of course. What if the man does if he's not married? Nobody cares about that. It's always the ladies. So, if you're wondering why unmarried women receive so much attention, it's because he's viewed as the patron saint of virgins as well as all those needy kids and stuff. So, think back to that story where he provided the poor man with the dowries. So, now he's the patron saint of women because he saved those women from prostitution. Oh, I only laugh just like, man, I'd be going around that column every year. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't get married till like 30, so... (laughs) <laughs> goals i have no plans of that and even the guy i'm with emory yeah he doesn't either I'm like yeah we don't really need it it's fine we're okay <laughs> yeah i would have had quite a few years for that. except for that one time where he's like take me to scotland that's the only time he's like marry me and he's and i'm like you don't even want to get married he's like we'll get divorced right when we get back i'm like i don't want to do that <laughs> that's expensive <laughs> it is i'm like that's pointless and you know it <laughs> He's like, I just want you to take me to Scotland. (laughs) Yeah, that's my story of St. Nicholas. That is awesome. Well, my birthday is his death day, so I guess we don't really share birthdays, but... Life days. Life days, yes. Yep. That's still really interesting. Yeah, I had no idea about any of that. And then I like seeing the real, or as close as we can get to the real claws. 
Yeah, I think it's really cool, the evolution. And there's a little bit more stuff that I didn't, you know, include because, you know, time. But there's also, like, an other thing where, like, Stalin got really pissed off about Santa Claus and he kind of outlawed it. And because of the whole World War II Stalin thing, it changed Santa in Europe for a while. But I'll include all that on the website, but it's pretty interesting. Or in our next mini gab right before yeah. Christmas. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. I'll do that. Yeah, Santa. But I know my sister, you know, growing up in more of a German household would always be like, it's St. Nicholas Day. And I'm like, no, it's my birthday. <laughs> I'd be like, no, how dare you? Yeah. I think it's fun. That's really awesome. What story would you like to hear next? Save your funny for next episode because I got morbid. Okay. So okay. that's what I needed to know. Okay. <laughs> so that leaves me with, what did I have? Weird. Okay, so we're entering the weird and granted this isn't really weird it's more like I just kind of stumbled on this and was curious and that is the history of the happy birthday song oh cool I don't I don't know that yeah I had no idea either just sort of stumbled on it and it's written by a liveabout.com yeah, that's what the website is that's a weird website name but that's where this article is so hopefully it's pretty close (laughs) to being right because I did find some other similarities in other websites with it. So mm-hmm. should be all good. And here we go. The song Happy Birthday to You has become a classic song sung at birthday parties around the world. But the song did not start out as the ode to the annual celebration of birthdays. And the song's writers didn't originally get credit. Hmm. Oh, the Guinness Book of World Record ranks Happy Birthday to You as the most recognizable song in English. It's been translated to at least two dozen languages. And here we go. The story begins with Mildred and Patty Hill. <laughs> I like the name Mildred. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I have a great aunt that's uh, Patty Sue. And she is the sweetest lady Aww. ever. Until she yells at a ref at a basketball game. <laughs> And then she'll turn to you smiling, like, did you have a good day at school? <laughs> and she's like, breath, bad call. Now, tell me more about that pot pie you made yesterday. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> everything else she's perfectly fine on. But when it comes to basketball, mm, no. Oh, that's funny. It's business. So, Mildred and Patty Hill. The melody and lyrics of Happy Birthday to You were written by sisters, Mildred and Patty. This is 18. They were born in 1859. To 1916, that was Mildred. Patty is 1868 to 1946. Patty was a school teacher who developed the Patty Hill blocks, which were building blocks used as educational tools. Oh, that's cool. She was also a faculty member at Columbia University Teachers College and was one of the founders of the National Association for Nursery Education. Oh, wow. And that was later renamed National Association for the Education of Young Children. That's very impressive. Yes, I know. And like, we don't even know them for happy birthday. (laughs) And Mildred was also an educator who later became a composer, organist, and a pianist. Oh, cool. So the history of it is the melody was composed by Mildred. So makes sense. Composer, Mm -hmm. whatnot. (laughs) And the lyrics are written by Patty. But it was originally for a classroom greeting song titled Good Morning to All. So Aww. happy birthday to you. Good morning to all. It fits. It works. Yeah. Intended to be a daily classroom greeting for small children. 
The song Good Morning to All was part of the book. Song Stories were the Kindergarten, which the sisters co-wrote and published in 1893. It is still unclear who changed the lyrics that turned it into a happy birthday song, but it was first published in 1924 in a book. So I didn't actually realize that 1924 is a long time ago, Mm -hmm. but it's not really that long. For some reason, I was thinking it was much older. Me too, honestly. Yeah, I was thinking it was a lot older. So it was first published in 1924 in a book edited by Robert H. Coleman. The song became popular. And in 1934, Jessica Hill, Mildred and Patty's sister, so third Hill sister, Mm -hmm. (laughs) she filed a lawsuit. She claimed the use of the Good Morning to You melody and Happy Birthday to You was unauthorized. Oh, wow. Yep. Shit's getting real with the Happy Birthday (laughs) song, y'all. In 1935, Jessica was working with publisher Clayton F. Summy Company and copyrighted and published Happy Birthday to You. So with the lawsuits in the 1930s, the company, the Clayton Company, was bought by John F. Singstack, who renamed Birch Tree in 1998. And Birch Tree was turned and bought by Warner Chappelle for $25 million <laughs> in 1988. Mm-hmm. Warner Chapel. It's not Chappelle. It's Chapel. I don't know. It could be Chappelle. Well, I don't know. Whatever you want to say. Where Warner <laughs> tried to argue that the copyright for the song in the U.S. would not expire until 2030, making unauthorized performances of the song illegal. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I've always heard that the Happy Birthday song was like the only song without copyright. Wait for it. Okay. <laughs> in 2013, Warner was sued for claiming false copyright. Oh, okay. Yep. Should've a federal judge ruled in 2015 that Warner's claim to copyright on the song was not valid. Its registration, the judge ruled, only covered a specific piano version, oh. not the melody and lyrics. Warner settled the case for $14 million in 2016. Oh and the court ruling that Happy Birthday to You was, in fact, in the public domain. And right. that performances of the song were not subject to royalties or otherwise restricted. This only happened in 2016? I know. Isn't that crazy? Whoa, that's not that long ago. No, we were alive during that time. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. I did not realize. Or wasn't that on the news more? I guess I know what was happening 2016 in election years. Oh, yeah. I guess Trump. Yeah. Trump and Hillary took over the world. Took over the news circuit, at least. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Wow. Bombarded everything. Flooded the... Well, not many people were like, well, where did the happy birthday song come from? Not many people have that question. Yeah, I much older. Yeah, me too. For some reason, I thought that was early 1800s old you know i don't know 1700s i don't know no not 17 but yeah early 18 at least but no it's like my grandfather was born in 1933 and so he was alive for a lot of us going down wow so this isn't really that long ago and i want to i want to know what the good morning to all song sounds like because i wouldn't mind using that for my story time (laughs) (laughs) that'd be great is it just the same tune, I guess? Yeah. Like, happy birthday to you. And I imagine the 
Good morning to all. Good morning to all. To all. Said to you. (laughs) Uh, To all. I don't know. Yeah. But it works. And, but yeah, little little Mildred and Patty, a couple educators. Aw. Rainbow. Rainbow. Happy birthday, Rainbow. (laughs) That's so cool. Thanks for doing that. I did not know the history of that. I mean, I've heard that it's, like, not copyrighted. That's why everybody can sing it or whatnot, but I didn't know anything else. Well, I know there's, like, copyright laws where if something has been around for so long, Mm -hmm. it's then valid. Beethoven stuff, everything classical and whatnot is all free grabs to edit and use and rearrange. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of assumed, I guess, the Happy Birthday song was along those lines. But no, not until for sure 2016 was this dubbed public domain yeah you just you blew my mind i had i would have never guessed ever that's so recent (laughs) (laughs) for a song that's like so well known and old i know like in our adult life this has happened that's insane yeah the more you know extra rainbow (laughs) everybody's minds are blown (laughs) (sighs) oh Well, on that note, if you want your minds to be blown even more, go to Patreon. Yeah, put it back together. Then get on your computer, go to Patreon, and subscribe because we have more shit that will re-blow up that mind. Yeah, Natalie's book chats. I'm doing an art history extra episode. And then we do drunk dives and deleted scenes and bloopers and more. So, patreon.com slash circleafpod. Do it. And we also have... Yep, yeah, right now. <laughs> Did you finish? Okay, good. All right. So now we're talking about our social media stuff, and that is Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and that is Historical AF Pod. And we've got all kinds of funny shit on that, too, which is actually for free. So you don't have to be part of our Patreon to do that. And that is totally okay because we Mm -hmm. give you memes and Mad Libs and funny pictures about the episodes you are listening to. Yeah, and then we also would love for you to email us listener stories. And that can be anything, anything. Don't hesitate. If you're thinking to yourself, I want to email you, but I'm not sure you'd like it because it's short. Don't worry about it. Send it. Do it right now. Anything like family history, town history, an experience with ghosts or Or traditions. Traditions. Just literally anything you think that we would dig. Which was pretty much anything, honestly. We're easily amused, if you haven't noticed by now. I am. I <laughs> like shiny things. Me too. And fun Yeah. Fun. Send us stuff and we'll read it on our extra episode. And we'll be excited to hear from you. Also, if you have like a fear of commitment, no judgment, but you want to like donate a couple of bucks, you can also buy us a coffee. Mm-hmm. And that's K-O-F-I dot com slash historical AF pod. Yep. And that's just you can just do one time only. I mean it's the Christmas season. Hello. It's our birthdays. Oh my god. Birthdays. <laughs> it's my birthday. And we should hey, celebrate. <laughs> it's it's a birthday. birthday. Yep. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess no finally we have our website, historical com, and that will have all our pictures and sources and stuff if you don't catch them on our uh, social media. And it has links to everything we've talked about. I think that's it. Spreadshirt. Oh, yeah. Merch. We have merch. You should buy merch. And we have already shit. 
Yeah. We can either make something for you and craft it to however you like mm-hmm. on basically any medium you like. Because yes, we Keenan and I are basically a Michaels that have thrown up on you in an organized and perfectly amazing fashion. Absolutely. Or you're just a huge fan of the podcast and would like a t-shirt with our logo. That is also fun. Mm-hmm. We got it all. And that website, you can buy it on our website now, right? So, you can, yeah, just go to our website, find out all this awesome shit, and just, if you have any questions or whatever, just send us a shout-out. Just let us know. Hell yeah. <laughs> all right, thanks birthday. for listening. Thank you for listening on our birthdays. You know, for our birthday present, tell, like, five people about our podcast. <laughs> yes, please. I'll yeah, forget it. about the coffee, forget about Patreon. Just go tell <laughs> people about us because we need to share and celebrate our birthdays with more people. <laughs> yes. That'd be great. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>